So you still at work, still at the shop, hanging about? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I just came down to do the interview. I had a lot of stuff to do today for my family and myself. I, um, I've got like nine people in my household and um, I often just run around and do stuff for them. I had a couple of things to do for me, for myself as well, but um, yep. um, it's all, um, yeah, just running around. So I caught up with a mate and I'd just come down to the shop to do this because um my house although it's an enormous house i have a lot of people with two screaming children and a, and a pretty wild screamy mother-in-law as well man i feel you well i'm not there today but usually we've got them dropping in so you know when we got yeah yeah over, it's just fucking crazy but man i appreciate you taking the time to have a chat though dude it's it's good to good to see you you too man thanks for having me no worries man of course uh there's heaps going on for die Arter's murder at the moment uh you've got uh i guess the first thing's the big unify off the record which is happening this weekend with a couple of your mates like make them suffer and uh fit for an autopsy that's going to be yep. so good man i wish i was going it's in wollongong <laughs> it's far away from me you're looking where about i'm on the gold coast oh okay yeah, yeah it's a bit far away is is there an off the road in brisbane or goldie not this time. We missed Weird. it. Yeah. Yeah, right. It, it will be cool because, like, where I'm based, like, I'm southwestern Sydney, so I'll just move this shit around. Um, so, for me, it's um, it's only, like, 40 minutes down the road, Wollongong. Oh, that's good, man. You can just... Yeah, and, like, fit are, like, our brothers. Like, um, we've, we've been friends with them since um, we recorded Hate. So, we met um, the OG fit lineup. When we recorded Hate, because obviously Will Putney plays in um, Fit, awesome. and then we just did Europe with um, Fit um, a couple of weeks ago as well. So um, it's just we'll just pick up. It's only for a day, but I think Marshy's the promoter for their Australian um, tour for a couple of the venues. So I think when uh, they do their Australian tour, that he'll be at most of the shows with Fit, sorting out stuff with them as well. So it'll be good to see him, man. Yeah, man. Well, they're playing Brisbane tonight, I believe. Ah, uh, that's right. That's right. That's tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Brizzo, but I'm not going. I've got one of the other guys shooting it and doing it. So, uh, yeah, nice. it's soon out. But I'll, I'll, I've, I've seen him. <laughs> I'll see him next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, that's going to be unreal. And you've just released uh, the new single, Join Me in Armageddon, from uh, the upcoming album, Godlike. And uh, it's really fucking good, dude. <laughs> it's like really brutal. I love it, man. Yeah, um, it's, it's a bit different. I think it's probably like the most poppest song we've ever written. Um, yep. And, you know, it's the only song we've ever written that doesn't have a blast beat. Uh, super pop structure, very easy to follow. And um, it was a bit different for us, but I kind of liked it. I think um, I think we're kind of like starting to take leaps and bounds away from your typical kind of deathcore stuff and i and to be fair i don't think we've been a typical deathcore band in the past you know we have death metal elements and we have hardcore elements for sure so you know following that um you know recipe we just get thrown into that sort of area but i think deathcore is evolving and i think we are evolving we have been for a few years now and we're just evolving in different like paths so I think this record is um, like, I guess, um, 
a large stepping stone for the direction that we're kind of trying to take in this in for future records as well so i think this is we've come to a crossroads and this is to mm. say okay this is what we're going to want to do now do you guys like it because this is what we want so you know we're not a band that sits there and you know reads every comment from a fan and says okay you know you know um death metal guy 1986 wants us to have more you know deep vocals but then you know johnny fucking red mask wants us to have high screams and like super fast blasty breakdowns okay well we got to make them two dudes happy we've yeah. never been <laughs> like that so um you know i think it's just we want something different um and um i think there's a ceiling in deathcore and i think we've reached the ceiling and um we we want something that has an infinite ceiling so i think we're just wanting to um go a little bit of a different route in saying that um the join me in the armageddon song is the only song um on this record godlike that is how it is it's you're not going to get six songs eight songs on this new record that's um in the similar style to um join me in armageddon join me in armageddon it's very different um because it is you know it's super poppy it really is but it still has those like it's still very you guys you know what i mean like it's, yeah 100%, 100%. it still has that you know you know signature tone like i think we're one of those bands that like we we know where our roots are we know yeah. what um what kind of style we're playing when we kind of blast it off with hey um and and you're not going to see us do what like bring me the horizon the sun and 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 like all respect to bring me i love bring me yeah, old yeah. bring me especially yeah, yeah. you bring me is also cool but you're not going to be seeing like you know us playing like electronic keyboards with synths and me singing cleanly and you know, it, that's just not going to fucking happen with us we're still going to be and a reasonably offensively heavy band um so i think it's just um our whole band as one unit we all want um the same thing and we've all came to come to the table before we did this record and said this is what we want and most of us had the same answer and and one or two of us had oh but we need to still have this element or i want to put this element in a, in a couple of songs like yeah sure cool so um we, we we're all in 100 percent agreement on like what we've just done with this godlike record and the trajectory for where we want to be as well do you think that uh you know obviously there's been a bit of time in between releases for obvious reasons but um has it has it changed in the way that you guys work together being that there's been that time and where it's led to godlike has it been difficult no i, I don't think so I, I think the only thing that's changed is that godlike is about everything that's happened not just to us in the band but to our planet and the people that inhabit our planet since we released um, Human Target to releasing Godlike, everything like this records for the planet. You know, I'm sure most there'd be a lot of other bands out there that has have written records in a similar vein and a similar lyrical content to what Godlike is in a, in yeah. a way. I think we've just done it in our way, which makes it different. Um, you know, releasing um, Join Me in Armageddon if. Um, 
you know, I've seen like all the comments are great for it. It's perfect. But I think there's a lot of people thinking that we're really having a stab at Russia where really we're not. We're joining Armageddon is, is supposed to be just about man destroying. Like we're all, we're all going to die together because some psycho is going to blow us all up and like, let's all just embrace the, the end of human civilization together. Um, and because when we um, wrote out the basic ideas of the song lyrically and we sent the lyrics and the song to the director of the um, video clip, Third Eye, who's a fucking legend, and, yeah. and his stuff is so good. Like, I love those guys. They're, they're amazing people to work with, and, and we're continuing to work with them. Um, but, like, it was, like, that's what he came up with. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. And we're like, yeah, cool. And then when we saw it, we're like, yeah, this is awesome. And then when we let it out to the world, the whole world's like, yeah, fuck Russia. And then like the Russian fans going, yeah, that's right. We're, we're going to fucking kill everybody. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're not coming after Russia. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just the visual stimuli that went along with the clip um, that the director was thinking, okay, this is going to work really the world because um, we say Cold War, like a, a nuclear winter, stuff yeah. like like nuclear lyric so he's like yeah you know nuclear uh, cold war russia all this other shit so and he's like putting all these kind of visuals um together for the clip and it's made it out that we're kind of having a crack at russia where that wasn't really our intentions but it you know it kind of worked well you know pissed a few people off and a few people kind of bonded over thinking that we're all having a crack at putin and the russian um people but um yeah i just wanted to to clarify that we're not directly having a crack at Russia. Just the whole human fucking race. Yeah, yeah. Someone's <laughs> gonna fucking fall up. Like it's inevitable. I'm sure. Like it's we're we're on a dark path. I'm I'm yeah, sure man. with what in the, in the current climate of the planet. Absolutely. I mean, I know that Andy Andy wrote some of the lyrics on the uh, on um Human Target, right? And you've you've written yeah. Andy writes a lot. Um. Yeah. And Will helps us as well. And I'll come up, like, I'm not the greatest wordsmith, um, nor am I a great lyricist. Um, and, and I've been very open about that in the past. Um, but for, like, the last two records, um, I haven't written a great deal. But what I'll do is when I went into the studio last October and we had picked, like, a whole handful of songs that we're going to put onto the record out of the 18 songs that we wrote, um will and andy like had like a bit of a writer's block and the five songs that they uh, had um ideas for were great but we needed like another six or seven like themes for six or seven songs and they were like dude we've been on it for like two or three weeks um like we need help with that so what i usually do is i'll come in after the records kind of written musically and then the boys start tracking the the real guitars and the real drums. And then I get there and I sit and I just think about things that I want to talk about and things that I want to say. So then I'll um, end up like researching different things. Um, and w one thing, like the the new thing, the, the next single and the next clip that we, we drop, I'm pretty sure I came up with the idea for that song. And then Marshy and Will ran with it. And then there's a couple of other songs on the record that I'm like, this is what I want to say. 
I just don't know how to get it across, but this is how I feel about this subject or this is how I feel about like my own mental health and, and the places that my mental health take me sometimes. This is how those places make me feel. Um, this is my reaction to that. And so I just start writing paragraphs of information or how I feel about something or sometimes even factual information about like a particular time in history or an event in history. And then Marsha and Will will either go, yeah, look, I get what you're trying to say. It's, it's just not something that would work for us. Uh, that happens quite often. Um, and then sometimes I'll like email uh, Will and Marshy when they're sitting in the studio next to me just so it's they've got like a reference that they can get to and then I have it as well. Yep. And then um, like you'll see Andy or Will open up an email and then read it and go, dude, yes, 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 yes. This is what we need. And I'm like, yes, I've, I've done something cool. So that's how we kind of operate as far as lyrics and stuff go. Um, you know, Marshy's a very intellectual person, very, very wordy. So is Will as well. Um, and then where I lack, they're the best in the business at. And then where they lack, I wouldn't say I'm the best in the business, but I'm pretty cool at coming up with like a topic and a style and a genre and where I want that story to go and how I feel about that story or, or how we all feel about it. So um, that's where we kind of, we write together. Um, I get the ball rolling. I get the ideas and the theme and the idea of everything happening. And then they just basically put the puzzles of the piece of uh, pieces of the puzzle back together again. Do you find that, uh, you know, your ideals and, and views on things align a lot when it comes to discussing those, those topics? Yeah, most definitely. Like there are some topics, um, like I say a lot of really dumb shit. Um, I've been known for it my whole life and I'll, I will always be known for it. And sometimes I have an idea and the way that I spit it out to somebody is like, it comes out wrong. Like, and I've, I've forever girlfriends I've ever had of like, how the fuck could you just say that? And I'm like, no, I'm saying this is in a positive way. And they're like, you're not saying this in a positive way at all. I'm like, yeah, I am. But like, I just, maybe it's, I have a learning difficulty or slight autism or something possibly, but, um, I'm the same. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah exactly most of the same. time, most most of the time, um, we're well, like we're already agreed on it. We don't even have the conversation, have, have to have that conversation. And then sometimes when I'm like trying to grab ideas out of thin air, um, I'm just I feel kind of like pressured into coming up with something fresh and something interesting for for us and the fans and the song. Um, and I go, what about this? And they're like, no, that's fucking stupid. I'm like. Yeah, you're right. And then like, okay, back to the drawing board kind of thing. But yeah, especially the songs that make the cut. Obviously, like we're we're all in agreement with with those things happening. And some of the songs that Marshy writes um, alone, um, like I'll record the song and I still will have no idea what the song's about. And I'm like, man, you got to tell me like, what the fuck am I singing about? Because I'm thinking it's about this. He goes, it's not about that. That's the metaphor. This is what we're thinking about. I'm like, oh, sick. So it is a really group effort with us. Um, and obviously Andy, um, you know, holds the reins for, for a lot of the stuff that we do in the band. And obviously Sean, um, Big Diz on guitar, he does a lot of writing and riffing um, musically as well. And um, he comes up with all the bass, bass lines as well and a lot of the synth stuff and the stuff that's in behind 
the instruments. Um, him and Will work together on like all of the sample finder esque sounds that that come along with the record. Fuck yeah, man! That's it. Sounds like you got it. Got it all worked out. It's a hard thing to do when it comes to bands, man. To get everyone on the yeah, same page. It's the same. I think the only major difference between doing this record um, to doing every other record was time. Like yeah. we, it's we've almost um, unintentionally and then sometimes intentionally rushed every record that we've done. It's, you know, it's like, okay, we've got six weeks in the studio. Or we've got four weeks in the studio um, and we have to walk in and just go. And by the end of that four to six weeks period, we have to have a finished product. And so um, we've, we've always like just finished in time. And I forget if it was, I think it was Holy War. We literally went in with nothing and we had four and a half weeks or five weeks to do the record. But um, the band before us, something happened, they fucked up and they needed an extra week or a week and a half, Ooh. which made us fuck up because we are coming off the back of an American tour, do a record, then go back out and do another American tour. So we didn't have time to fuck around. And then um, in the middle of it, Will had, I think Will had a death in the family or he had like, like a massive family emergency. It could have been a death of the family, I think, a long time ago. And so Will had to peace out for like almost a week as well. And like we were really, really struggling with Holy War. But, you know, in true Thy Art form, we literally finished Thy Art two hours before the bus, our tour bus picked us up from the studio to take us on tour. <laughs> That's yeah, but with, with, um, with God, like this new record, We've done it over three or even four separate occasions. You know, like we started recording this in the middle of the year last year. Um, Andy was in there with with um, Shawnee and Will for a couple of weeks and they came back home. We toured a bit. Then um, I flew over with Marshy and Jesse and uh, Sean and Will and Steve and um, we spent... They spent three or four weeks there before I got there. Then I was there for just over two and a half weeks. Mm. Um, then we all left. And then I had not finished the record. We didn't want to rush it. So um, at the end of the US tour we did, um, like a, like three months ago, I ended up staying back for another eight days. And then I finished the record then and there, then flew home and then um, – and the record's done. So I think yesterday or two or three days ago, we're supposed to um, receive the finished version, oh, okay. like fully, fully mastered. So we've been listening to like half mixed songs at the at the moment for the last few months. But um, I think last week or early this week, um, we had to supply the printers and the record uh, printers and the CD printers and everything like the final mix master, all the artwork, lyrics, everything. So I think that's that would have just been received by all of them this week. Oh, so we, did, we took way longer on this record. And I think because we um, are going in a, in a different direction, but still thy art, like, um, and we wanted this. We needed another record to go gangbusters like hate did for us. Every record's been really good for us, don't get me wrong, but yeah. hate just blew up 
Holy War did really good. Dear Desolation did really good. Uh, Human Targets did did pretty good. But like we want we want our white pony, if that makes sense. And yeah. I, I I've always been thinking we we haven't had that yet. And every release we've ever done, I've always been nervous before we've released it because I wasn't I wasn't a hundred percent sold on it, and I wasn't sure if everyone else like fans would be. Um, and then it comes out and it does great. You know, the band gets a little bigger, tours get better, um, more people at shows, more streams, more listens, more bigger tours, more more everything. Um, but I think we're searching for not something that's just pretty good. We want something that's amazing. And I truly believe that um, this record as a whole is is the best work that we've ever done. Fuck yeah, I'm excited to hear it, dude. But talking about hate, I mean, you just wrapped up the uh, the anniversary tour, and I saw the yep. I saw the set on on YouTube. Fucking bonkers, dude! <laughs> I mean, it was insane. Yeah, it, it was cool. Um, you know, I was kind of because we live in different states, mm. we never rehearsed, and I think before we did the uh, hate across Australia, which was the first stops of the world tour, we had like two days practice. But then the first day that we're supposed to have, we had technical issues with gear and lights and stuff, so it didn't end up happening. So we had we had three quarters of a day to practice songs, some songs we've never played, and some songs we haven't played for five or six years or more. Wow. Um, so I was like super like put off because it like for me uh, at least, um, I need to be comfortable with the songs. I need to have played them a few times before I start freaking out. So I'll freak myself out on stage going, okay, what's the next line to the next section? Oh shit, I forgot. And then I start like panicking a little bit internally. So um, by the time the Australian tour was finished, I was I was in a really good groove, which set us up great for America. Um, but yeah, America, like I was just, it was probably the best performance tour I've ever had was America and Europe on the hate across the world because just the stars aligned like i didn't have a, a rough day any day i didn't have any um like vocal issues i didn't have any illnesses that would ail me or anything um and i just felt confident and um i just i just i didn't worry about lyrics i just i knew i knew everything so um america and europe really got some fucking banging shows for sure australia did too but I think I was just a little bit a slight, like yeah. a little bit of rust in me still. I think, but um, yeah. By the time we hit Melbourne, I was good to go. But um, yeah, it was very special. It was really cool to see. Um, you know, let's say we played thirty-five. Let's play. Say we played sixty shows across the world, just designed for the hate record. Out of sixty shows across the world, I dare say, at least. 46 to 50 shows sold out that's insane so, that's yeah yeah it was great and it was it, for a record that's 10 years old and we've had three four releases since um i think it was fantastic so um yeah it was it was great and it was great to to do the tour for that record because that record it's very special to us and after speaking to a lot of fans across those three months um that record was very special to a lot of fans as well absolutely dude I remember when it dropped. I mean, I started doing this when that dropped, you know, through yeah. nuclear and, you know, so it's, it's, I've got that connection to that record too. It's, 
it's fucking cool, man. It's cool. Yeah. But um, one thing I did want to ask you, and, and it's cool if, if you're not cool with talking about it, but I did want to ask you, I recently saw a, a post about your son, Dante. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, as a father myself, it's something that really touched me, dude. You know, and I think it's 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 really special that you're talking about that. Um, I, I can't pronounce it. Tu- tuberous sclerosis Tuber- complex. Yeah, uh, tuberous sclerosis. So, um, this answer will will take a while. Um, right. to to define the condition, but then talk about um the the things that come along with tu- uh, TS. Um. And then some of the events that that we've had with him in the almost four years that Dante's been with us. So, um, so tuberous sclerosis is um, it's rare, but it's kind of common in in a way. So some people can live like for forty years and yeah. then complete normal life, have no side effects whatsoever, and then you know fall off a ladder or something, bump their head, they get taken to hospital, and they feel fine. And then, um, or they, or they, they need to get a scan on their lungs or their heart or something, and then they'll pick up these tubers. So tubers are like benign cancerous tumors. Uh, and with tuber, with, with um, trying to find a better way to say normal people, but you know, people that don't have TS, um, we have this. Um, I don't know what it is. There's something in our body that uh, blocks tumors and tuber growth it, it stops these things from going on but when you have ts um you don't have that um part in your body that blocks them so when my wife was um 24 weeks ish pregnant we went to get like a 3d 4d ultrasound of dante just to say oh you know he's got your eyes he's got your nose whatever kind of thing and then in that scan um they picked up that my son had three tubers in his heart uh in a major um air um you know tube in his heart and then that's pretty much a telltale sign to say that you're you're going to give birth to a, a child that has ts uh, I had just gotten back from Europe. Um, it was a Thursday. Uh, I'll never forget it. It was uh, February, uh, February 2019. Um, I just got back the day back. I got back from Europe. I fired two artists from my tattoo studio. I had to go from Campbelltown to Penrith to pick up a, um, a Thermofax, which is what you print. You put a stencil through the blueprints. Yeah. They stencil your tattoos. Our, our shit itself that day. back. And then as I was leaving Penrith to go back to Campbelltown, uh, my mother-in-law called me and she was screaming and crying. And my mom, my wife was in the background doing the same thing. So we got home, we got rushed to the hospital and do more tests. Um, basically, um, every specialist that we saw within uh, finding out that to giving birth to our son, they almost said like we should uh, terminate the pregnancy. But they, they can't say that. So they say it in other ways. They kind of like tiptoe around that. Yeah. And we just didn't want we didn't want to do that. We wanted to we wanted to keep our son. Um, and they were saying, oh, because of religious reasons or whatever. I was like, nah, it's got nothing to do with religious reasons. Anyway, um, you know the the warning, the specialists at the clinic and that in the children's hospital were really great with us. But TS is um, very different to autism. But very much like autism, it's a spectrum. Yeah. So um, our son is quite mildly affected by TS. 
Uh, my wife's on a couple of Facebook pages with families around Australia and overseas where some of these kids are on like five or six different medications. Um, they're having like seven to 40 or 50 seizures a day. Often kids, um, most most people that have a TS, it, it's like an umbrella condition. So you'll have tuberous sclerosis and whilst having a TS, you'll also have uh, autism, um, epilepsy, ADHD, ADD, OHD, um, a couple of other uh, other abbreviations, um, learning difficulties, speech delay. Um, uh, some kids will have really poor eyesight and end up going blind because the tubers will grow on the back of their eyes. Mm. So uh, at the moment, um, tubers can grow in every major organ and on the skin in the body. Uh, and my son has, um, so my son is white, but he has a few um, discoloration blotches or patches on his skin that are that are true white. And yeah. so he have a lot. He has a little bit, and he has like a like a mark just up here on the side of his head that looks like a really faint bruise. To the point where sometimes his daycare has said to us. We just wanted to talk about the mark on Dante's head. And I said, we've had this discussion before. He's he's always had it and he always will have it. Um, it's a part of his condition. And it, at first it was fine telling people, but after a few times and saying again, like I constantly feel like they people think we, we hit our children. Um, so my son's on uh, a medication called Topiramate which is an epileptic medication that is supposed to keep um, seizures at bay. Uh, my son's had probably, call it 10 to 20 seizures at least in his life that are very, um, very minor. It's, they like, he'll just stare blankly into nothingness for five to 10 seconds and then he's good. But um, two years ago, my son, um, had a seizure that's called status and a status if somebody goes into status it's it's the it's the worst seizure somebody can have so it was a saturday night at about 11 o'clock at night i was getting ready to watch english premier league so i sat in the sofa downstairs my wife went to bed dante was asleep in our bed my wife found him dead in our bed covered in vomit and he was going blue um, so she screamed and, uh, we all ran upstairs and she come out grabbing him. He was lifeless. Um, Dante would have, he would have not, not quite been two. Um, he would have been like 18 months old. Um, and, um, everyone was in hysterics. Um, so I, I took Dante off her and I laid him on the ground and I knew basic, um, CPR and things of that nature. So I cleared the vomit and the foam uh, from his mouth and um, cleared his airways and I breathed in him and I did, and, and he came to, but once Dante came to, he continued to foam at the mouth and the eyes rolling back and typical seizure activity that most of us would have seen in movies or TV shows or unfortunately in real life before. Um, and uh, we had already called the hospital, the ambulance. They were on the phone to my father, my wife, and my father at the time. 
Um, they got there about 40 minutes after this had happened. Then they proceeded to try everything in their books to stop the seizure. Unfortunately, yeah. three ambulances arrival and six paramedics that were in our house at midnight by this time, um, they couldn't stop it. So then they rushed him to Campbelltown Hospital here where we live, which is, which is which I know has had a bad name, but they've always been really good to us. Um, and then they had to put him in a drug-induced coma, the only thing to stop um, him going into status because he was in status for close to two hours by this point. And if somebody's in status for 20 minutes, um, uh, death is definitely a thing um, and brain damage is almost always a um and a side effect from being in status for even even 10 to 20 minutes. Um, so then they, they did brain scans. Then um, they had to wait four hours or five hours. Uh, in New South Wales, there's only two or three um, transit ambulances to transit, especially children from one hospital to like children's hospital at Randwick is what's what happened. And unfortunately there was a young, a young girl, I think it was from Dubbo that needed it. So we had to wait, which is, which is totally fine. Um, so then he was rushed into, um, Randwick Children's Hospital in the the cancer ward because that's where the TS clinic it used to be run. Um, so he was in a coma for two days, in a drug-induced coma, and then they pulled him out of that. And uh, we had a little unit across the street from the hospital. We were there for five or six days. Um, and I'll, I was doing the day shifts from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and then my wife would do 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Um, and then they brought him out on a, a Tuesday afternoon, I think it was, or Monday, Tuesday afternoon, like around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and... Um, and then, like, yeah, he come out and he was good and he just wanted to be with me and um, super traumatic. My whole my whole family is beside themselves. Um, and, um, yeah, my son sleeps in my wife's bed. We have two queen-size beds in our bedroom. My daughter, Renata, she sleeps in a cot next to my bed because she cries all night, so I've got to pick her up and throw her in bed with me. So we literally watch my son like a hawk. He's when he naps in the afternoon, someone watches yeah. him. When he sleeps at night, he's next to my wife. My wife has never spent more than eight hours because of work away from the kids since we've had Dante. Uh, my wife, my whole family's traumatized. Um, my wife, especially. Uh, my son's on topiramate doses every morning and every night, um, 7.30 to 7.30. But like, but like I said, man, like he's, um, He's uh, he's good. Um, he's a little bit delayed with speech. Yeah. Um, he's naughty. Definitely ADHD, ADD, 100%. Uh, we're at the moment of trying to get him into a private school here in Campbelltown, which is astronomically expensive, but <laughs> public schools around our area are not very nice. Um, and now we're playing the game of um, trying to – we have to see a psychologist and therapist for them to, like, analyse him to tell the school – if he needs to be in a special class or a normal child's class, which is frustrating because I feel that he should have a shot at a normal class. Yeah. Um, because, um, you know, he's as delayed as he is with speech and potty training. Um, 
everything else is fine. And I think um, if if you put a child in a in a special needs class that may not need it, it's very hard for them to improve. Um, you know, and I don't want to have my son just kind of pushed to the side um, with a lot of other kids that would probably have more s- severe conditions than my son. Um, so we're, 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 we're going that route at the moment, unfortunately, but look, you know, like being a parent of any child, um, sick or not, not sick is, is horrifying. It is the most stressful fucking worrying thing you'll ever do. But at the same time, it is the best, most rewarding thing you'll ever do. And unfortunately with, um, with Dante, he's, um, causes a lot of stress for me and my wife and our family but um you know we wouldn't we wouldn't change um our decision ever you know i'm i'm really glad that we kept him because um what we were told is what we were going to have was horrific you yes. know it's child that uh, couldn't talk and be violent and all these things and um he's He's not really any of the things that we were told when when we found out about Dante, um, and it's um, I'm I'm glad we made the decision, you know, and um, yeah, he's um, he's a happy, he's a naughty little boy, he's cheeky, and um, his Spanish is better than his English, which is um, kind of typical as we're a Spanish speaking household, um, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Dante, yeah, he's He's a wild one. <laughs> I got a boy. No, 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 that's cool. Um, Zoom yeah. is about to boot us off because I hate how Zoom does this. Um, I did, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you can you see the timer up. I don't know if you can see a timer up there. It gives us a no. <laughs> but um, one thing I wanted to know is how can people watching it out there, or how can even we here at Ever Black help um, you guys raise awareness or with with your efforts with that? Um, sure. Um, if like I don't, I don't want to plaster it and stuff like that everywhere. But I had, like you said, I did make a post on my Facebook and my Instagram on the wall there, uh, and it's got a link there somewhere to um, the Tuberous Sclerosis Foundation page. Um, and um, if you find uh, CJ and Layden, which is me and my wife for Dante, our son, um, we're just um, sponsors, like um, not sponsors, what's it called? Um, whatever it is, like all the money that we try and raise goes straight to the foundation for other other parents like me and Layden when they find out they've got a kid that is going to have this horrible condition. So the money's not going to my son. Um, we're we're part of the NDIS system that takes really good care of us, so we we're really looked after. It's just to support that network, which is a very small foundation, very small charity. And um, the clinic's only on twice a year at the Randwick Children's Hospital. 